Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Amen. I'm thankful for an awesome God. And how many of you are thankful as well for an awesome praise and worship team? We're so blessed. God's given us some of the best. Um, I would be tempted to say the best, but that would be pride. I'm sure there's some other good ones out there. Uh, But I can definitely say some of the best. Worship leaders, musicians, people who love the Lord Jesus, people who... I uh, just genuinely enjoy worshiping the Lord, and we're so thankful for each and every one of you, uh, so thankful for the supply that you add. And I like the different supplies that they add. That's one of the things that impresses me, uh, of just how each one is comfortable in their own anointing and brings that each and every time they lead worship. Uh, if you're new to any of our churches, my name is Joel. I'm the lead teaching pastor at uh, Word of Life Church across all of our campuses. We have many other pastors. Uh, here is Pastor Hillary. Yes. Um, and so, and Pastor Luke is next to her. Pastor Luke is our pastor at our Lakeland campus. Uh, so we're just blessed. And we've got um, uh, Pastor Gino here, who's at Highland Colony, our children's pastor. Uh, Gino's one of my favorite people. Have you ever met someone and you're like, I wish I could just have their personality? Like, just like steal that from them and walk around with it for a day. Uh, so, but we're just so uh, blessed as a church across all of our campuses with who God has given us. And it's a joy for me to do this. I, I've been more thankful um, than ever, honestly, just so aware of God's goodness in my life and so thankful for what he's given me and entrusted into my care and to steward over. And so thank you for being on this journey with us. We're glad to have you here. Um, and uh, as Pastor Hillary said, if you are new to this church, uh, this is not just like another service. This is an actual church, and it takes things to do church, <laughs> like uh, serving and all of those kinds of things that she made mention of. And another one of our, our big values is not just serve, but also go. And, you know, I, I want to see a thriving church in the heart of Jackson. And we have seen, like, for instance, at Lakeland, uh, 84% of our first-time guests, we track all these things, I'm a nerd, 84% of our first-time guests come because of friends and family, Uh, meaning it's not some billboard or it's not some invite card, it's, uh, you know, or, or something that we made up. It's just a friend or a family member inviting them to come to church with them. And that's one of the things that I would love to see us do here Um, at this campus even more is for us to bring people here and we know that this is is you know there's so many different types of churches which are wonderful and each one is significant and each one is different and so this church is not for everyone we understand that but it is for someone and I would just trust that you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about who you need to bring to these services and who you need to bring into this place. Because genuinely, this is a place that for now, at least, and I'm believing for a full-time facility because it does make things easier when you're not having to set up and tear down. Pastor Hillary agrees with that. Uh, but I sense an assignment here. I genuinely do. In this room, even, I sense an assignment here. Um, and uh, I genuinely uh, sense that the Lord wants to work in specific people's hearts, that there could be fruit produced in this room that would not be produced in any other campus. Uh, and so out of that, I want you to, to follow the Holy Spirit and listen to his guidance and leading to find who those people may be and strategically begin to usher them into this place. Amen. Um, and so uh, we're excited about that. 
and excited about what the Holy Spirit will show you there. Open up your Bibles if you brought them to the book of Romans. We're still talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God, what that looks like. And until he tells me differently, I'm going to dance all over this subject, like all over it in Scripture, until it is rooted in our hearts that we know the voice of our shepherd and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Uh, That everybody here is like, I know the Lord and I know his voice. And I'm confident in that and confident in his leadings and confident in his direction. And so uh, I want to dive into that tonight in, in kind of a different way, but just the way I personally feel led to do so. Romans chapter 8. And let's look here in verse number 14. Um, These texts are golden for being led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8 and verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons, the daughters, the children of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, go back up to verse 14. For all who are, present tense, being led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Now, notice this, and I have this written down in my Bible. It might not hurt you to write it down, at least in your notes. That if you are a child of God, a son or a daughter of God, you should be being led by the Spirit of God. Notice verse 14. Let's read it again. For all, all means you, me, who are being led by the Spirit of God, These are the children of God. Children of God should be led by the Spirit of God. Why did you take that job? I was led to. Why are you dating them? Not just I like them. I was led to. Why are you investing in that? Led to. Uh, Why are you going to church there? Led to. Um, Why are you going to that service tonight? Led to. Why are we doing what we're doing? We are led to do what we do. For all who are being led by the Holy Spirit, they are the children of God. And it baffles my mind how religion has trained people uh, that we can't hear from our Father. No, if you are a child of God, you should be being led by the Spirit of God in, in everything. And I'm not talking about like something as simple as like what to wear. Like tonight, I was going to wear my son's shoes. Um, uh, I have no question shoes because I I don't care about shoes. But my son is actually the same size shoe as me. Uh, He wears uh, uh, 11 and a half to 12. Uh, This is Boston. Um, And so we have the same same size shoe. Um, He's 15. And so out of that, I'm like, I'm going to go see what he has on or what he has in his closet. So I go out there and I'm like, those look pretty cool. And they were white and black, which I figured would match the black. Um, And so I walk down and I show him my wife. She's like, no. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so anyway, I was going to wear them anyway. Like, I'm like, forget it. I'm going to wear them anyway. Uh, and uh, so then it started raining, and I'm like, I can't mess up his shoes because he keeps his shoes so pristine. It's a thing. Uh, so I put them back and, and put on loafers. <laughs> so, so, but but anyway, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, uh, But, like, I'm not talking about, like, that kind of stuff of, like, should I wear these shoes? or not. I guess unless you're dating someone and then the Holy Spirit would know the appropriate bait uh, in which to, to maybe, you know, go out with. But, but that kind of thing, um, you know, I'm not talking about non-consequential things like that. But I am talking about the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in your everyday life, leading and guiding you. And the reason why so many people are not seeing what they want to see in life is they're frustrating the grace of God. They're in places they shouldn't be, doing things they shouldn't be doing, with people they shouldn't be with. And it is Jonah. It is God's calling you somewhere else, but you haven't paid attention to it. Um, And you're not leaning on him. You're not trusting him. You're not acknowledging him. And he said if you would acknowledge him, he would direct your paths. And so we go in these situations where it's like there's no grace and there's a dissatisfaction and, and, you know, all of this work that we're putting in and it's not producing the fruit we want to go in. It's because there's all this resistance. Why? It's not the plan of God. 
It's not the will of God for us. And we have to take the time to find what that will is because we have a Holy Spirit who wants to lead us. Now, we said the number one way that the Holy Spirit leads us is through something that we see all throughout the New Testament called the inner witness. We said God leads us from the inside primarily, not the outside. We said in the Old Testament, God led people from the outside because they had hearts of stone. In the New Testament, though, we don't have a heart of stone. We've been born again. We, had a, we have a heart of flesh. We can sense God. We, we can pick up God. We can sense his spirit, the movement of the spirit, the wind of the spirit. You can't see the wind, but you can sense it. And, and you can feel it against your body. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is that in your soul. There's a witness. And so if you can understand the inward witness, you can understand how to be led by the Lord. And it, it looks like many things to many different people. And my goal is to help you locate it in your own heart because it's the number one way God is going to lead you. Now, we use three words. I'll just back up real quick. We use three words. If you want to be led by the Spirit, it is number one, respect. Number two, recognize. And number three, respond. In fact, why don't you say them with me just because it's church. Uh, Number one, respect. Say respect. Number two, recognize. Say recognize. Yes. And number three, respond. There we go. So we want to, number one, respect the fact God wants to guide you. God is a gentleman. If you don't acknowledge him, he will not direct. But if you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. And how many of you know God's not a liar? Many things God is is he's not a man that he should lie. If he said, you acknowledge me, I will direct you, he will direct you. And so out of that, we want to acknowledge him as much as possible. And we looked at examples of that, of how God lit up a bush for Moses, but he did not speak until Moses turned aside. Uh, In the Old Testament as well, God spoke to Samuel, but he did not keep speaking to Samuel until Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And we said, we need to build more of our lives around that. If we're turning aside to sense God, we're turning aside to pick up God, we're turning aside and saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Um, I took Boston to, that's my 15-year-old once again, son. I took him to this camp. He's into football, and he's good at it. And so I'm willing to invest in it as long as he is. And so I, I, I have connections and people that I know who used to play in the NFL and that kind of thing. So I'll get them around these guys. And so I was taking him to this thing where, you know, Ladarius Webb, he's former safety for the Ravens, um, was working some people out all in college. I'm like, that's perfect for you. (laughs) I'm watching my son work out with them and I'm walking out and I notice this guy like I've seen him and I'm good with faces, terrible with names, literally terrible with names. And the Holy Spirit, you can help me with that, I'm sure, and probably need to change my confession. But anyway, up till this point, I've been terrible with names. And so, but I'm very good with faces. Like I know faces. And so that kind of thing, I'm walking through this place where this training is at and I see this guy, I know his face. And so I'm like, I know you, I've seen him at Lakeland. And so I walk up to him, I'm going to say hello. And he's like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you go to the church. He's like, well, I have. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's good to see you. And so we start talking along those things. And I'm a big believer in trying to do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And so I can't like individually pastor everyone. It's just literally physically impossible. But I believe in doing for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And I I believe God orders my steps and direct my paths. And I believe in so many things aren't consequence. It's leadings. It's guidings. God's trying to get my attention. I don't think it was by mistake. I recognized him. So anyway, I'm like, give me your number. And so he gives me his number and I'm like, let's stay connected. And so we just stay connected. He tells me some things he's wrestling with. And I'm like, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch and we're sitting there and we're talking and he's asking like, how do I grow in God? Like, what does that look like for me? I'm like, here's what I want you to do. You can start here because he's like, he's a big bulky, like rip guy. I mean, he's strong and all those types of things. I'm like, when you got strong like this physically, did you get here overnight? He's like, no. I'm like, what'd you do? And so he started telling me his routine and how he started. I'm like, is your routine more intense than it was when you started? He's like, yes, sir. And talking about all those things. I'm like, the same thing is true spiritually. 
Like when you when you want to get in shape spiritually, it's not like you know like we would do going to the gym where it's like I'm using every machine in the gym today, and you go through and like the next day you can't move. I could barely move this week at the workout program we did this week. They had this thing called drop it like a squat, and I haven't been able to walk for four days. Uh, it's a miracle I made it up the steps. It's just the hand and the goodness of God. Uh, and so anyway, like when you do that kind of thing, you don't go back the next day because it shocks the system. So when it comes to spiritual growth, I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, give me 10 minutes. I'm like, can you give me 10 minutes? He's like, yes. I said, here's what I want you to do. 10 minutes, turn off your phone. He's like, turn off your my phone. I'm like, yes, turn off your phone. I said, do you have a chair? He's like, yes. I'm like, do you have a favorite chair? He's like, no. I'm like, find a favorite chair. And I want you to sit there every day with your phone off. I want you to open up a pad and a pen and get a pen I want you to start a prayer journal, and every morning for 10 minutes, I want you to say, speak, Lord, your son is listening. And I'm like, whatever comes to your heart, write it down. And I'm telling you, this stuff works. I'm like, tell me what you think. And I'm like, from there, we'll go from from 12 minutes to 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Spend time with your father. Speak, Lord, your son is listening. And so out of these things, we have to begin the acknowledgement process. And if you want to be led by God, slow down. Respect the fact that God wants to lead you. Respect the fact that God wants you to, to guide you. If you acknowledge him, he will direct. The second thing is, though, is to recognize, okay, now I'm respecting, I'm slowing down. Speak, Lord, your, your son, your daughter is listening. It's like a, a habit phrase coming out of your mouth. In the car, turn off the radio, speak, Lord, your daughter is listening. You know, going to bed, and David wrote about this in the psalmist. He said, when I, when I lay down in my bed, you'll see this statement all throughout Psalms. He's like, when I lay down in, in my bed, Lord, try the reins of my heart. Now, we don't understand that because I'm not, well, maybe you do, but I'm not a horse person. But literally, like reins that you use to like guide a horse with, that's what he's saying. He's like, just like, you know, I would guide a horse with reins, guide my heart. And so he's, can you, can you picture this? He's in bed. He's like, maybe he's like a night, a night owl. He's like, you know, I can't go to sleep. So, but just instead of like watching TV or whatever they would do back then, he said, I would lay down and just say, Lord, try the reins of my heart. What's that? Speak, Lord, your son, your daughter is listening. And if you will do that consistently, you will see the Lord's guidance. I mean, magnify in your life. But the second thing we need to do is recognize his voice. And people think, well, if God's speaking to me, I'll surely know what he sounds like, right? And the answer is no. When God spoke to Samuel, he thought it was Eli. And so out of this, we have to be trained to recognize God's voice. And so what we're talking about is the number one way all throughout Scripture God guides you is something called the inward witness. And we said that a witness is it's not like a, a voice, It's not like, uh, you know, thus saith the Lord, don't wear your son's shoes. It's raining. It's it's not like that. It's a knowing. Um, Notice in verse number 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Once again, look to the inside, not to the outside. I'm looking towards my spirit, not my flesh. He testifies with my spirit that I am a child of God. What's testifying? What's, what's a witness? It's a knowing. If, if, if a witness is getting up and testifying about something, they testify about what they know. And so this knowing looks different in all of our hearts. Uh, but I'll show you an example of this. We haven't looked at this one yet in the book of Acts where you can see that I'm not making this up. Uh, so go over to the book of Acts. Uh, we're in Romans, Acts chapter 20 and verse 23. An example of what the inward witness looks like. Acts 20 and 23. Paul is going around to all the churches and that he's helped planet. And basically he's telling them, like, I'm going to Rome and I think I'm going to die. <laughs> and so out of that, uh, the Holy Spirit has shown him his path and shown him his journey. And so he's basically telling them goodbye for the last time. 
And, and out of that, people are mourning and all those things, and so they're asking for clarity. It'd, it'd be the same thing if I came to you and be like, this is the last service, you know, I, I think, you know, the Lord's calling me home, you know, and that kind of thing. It'd be like, what? Like, clarity, please, and all those types of things. So he's going and he's providing clarity, and here's one of the statements of clarity that he provides in Acts 20. Um, and let's look here in verse, ah, for fun, 18. And when they come to him, he said to them, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, that would be Turkey. He's not talking about China here. Paul never went to China. Um, Turkey is where he's talking about here in in what he considered Asia. Uh, When the Bible says in the book of Acts that all of Asia had heard the gospel, it's talking about Turkey. In the book of Revelations, all seven churches that John was writing to under the direction of the the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all seven of those churches are in Turkey. Uh, So out of that, um, God had really reached this land. And so he said, when I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with humility, with tears and trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now behold, watch the terminology here. Now behold, I go bound by the Spirit. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. Bound by the Spirit. I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies, another translation says, witnesses to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But I do not consider my life account as dear to myself, so that I may finish, man, look at this, so that I may finish my course. I'm put here on earth to do something. And I want to finish my course. I want to finish the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus. And how is he going to finish his ministry and finish his course? He's going to be led by the Spirit. And notice what this looked like in his life. I'm bound. Like I can't get this out of my heart. It's just there with me that I should go to Jerusalem. And, and out of this, I don't know exactly what's, what's coming, but I just know the Holy Spirit testifies that bonds and afflictions await me. That the, 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 the Holy Spirit was preparing his heart for the suffering he was about to go through. And, and, and out of this, what it looked like was just a knowing. And he said from city to city. And this is what I mean by like when you hear people like walk it out. The closer you get to something that's the Lord's will, the more there will be a witness there just a knowing that something is for you. And so the more he walks this out and the more he picks up this leading, the more he knows what is the will of the Lord. And he's just knowing, like there's a a testifying, there's something in him telling him that what's coming up, it's not ideal, but he's to go through it anyway. That he, and the, the way to fulfill his ministry is by facing this. So it's bound by the Spirit. So the witness in all of our hearts can look like that. It can, it can look like a, a, a compelling. There's something compelling you to do something. And it can look like a constraining. There's just something in you that doesn't feel right. Something in you that just knows something is not right about it. And somebody says, well, what is this? It's like, I don't know, but something's not right. What is that? That's the, that's the wisdom And the testifying of the Spirit, that's a witness of the Spirit, and it's designed to constrain you. Paul said this way, he said, the Holy Spirit forbid us to preach the gospel there. We were supposed to go somewhere else. We wanted to go there, but the Holy Spirit, like, it constrained my heart. The Holy Spirit will do that with a lot of things. You want to talk about people? And the Holy Spirit is like, no, don't do that. And it'll pull you back. What is that? That's the witness of the Spirit. You want to watch something you shouldn't watch. There'll be something on the inside, an inward witness, a knowing of like, I shouldn't watch that. And, and out of that, it's, it's, it's something there that's pulling on you. What is that? That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And so we need to pay attention to that tension, which is point number three, which we'll talk about on another day, is we need to respond to it because we don't want to harden our hearts. But I want to talk about the compel side. So we know the Holy Spirit can constrain us. Don't do that. And we'll talk about that later. But I want to talk about the compel side real quickly, and then we'll worship and we'll let you go. Uh, So the compel side of things, the word that just kept coming up in my heart for this lesson was desire. What's the inner witness look like? How is God going to lead me? Desire. Um, So um, me and desire have had a weird relationship. Um, I went through a season of my life probably about five years ago where I was like incredibly big on the uh, the crucifixion of all things pleasurable. Of like, if it brought me any type of joy, if it brought me any type of pleasure, I would nail it to the cross and be like, nope, I die daily. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Nothing will own me. Nothing will make me bow my my knee except the Lord. Like all of those types of things. So I began to cut out like a lot of things in my life. And anything that I found desirable, I was giving it away. Um, Even in past seasons, I was just giving it away. And I'm not saying that to brag or any type of thing, because I'm about to come and, like, come on, you know, teach you another side. But out of this, like, I, I was at this place where I'm doing it for the Lord. And, you know, all of those songs, like, all I want is you, I meant every word of it. Like, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. I meant every word of it. Like, he was all I wanted. I didn't want literally anything else. And if you asked me, what do you want? It'd be like, Jesus. And my wife would ask me, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, nothing. What do you want for a birthday? Nothing. There's nothing that I want. There's nothing I find joy in. There's nothing I find pleasure in, but the Lord Jesus. And and out of that, like it felt good. And it felt like in just in my flesh and in my myself, like a very healthy place to be of like free from the trappings of this world. Like, like even something as simple as food. Did you know that the average person over 555 times a day is marketed food to? And you wonder why we're hungry all the time. Uh, it's because we're marketed to with food through everything, uh, trying to move us over into a place of gratifying the lust of the flesh. And so it's like, nope, I present my body. If I want it, I just will, will offer it as a living sacrifice, those types of things. So I was walking kind of through this season of like no desire, that type of thing. And I went to this conference um, that was, you know, for ministers. And me and my wife went. I was so thankful because she's a homebody. She likes to stay home, um, which I love because we have children. Uh, But, you know, I I told her, I'm like, I'd like for you to go sometimes with me. You're the best part of me. Um, Naturally, you know, outside of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all those things. But just, you know, I'm like, I sleep better when you're next to me. And anyway, um, I'm like, just sometimes. Uh, so she, she, you know, sometimes come with me is what I meant. Uh, so out of that, because I, you know, she's not going to come all the time because we have kids. And, and so out of that, she came with me on this time and we were just walking and we had this moment and it was in Florida, this city called Sarasota. I had never been there before. And I had heard of it, like it's a retirement community and that kind of thing. But I'm like, this is nice. Like it's a pretty area. And we were walking down on the, the wharf, um, and as I'm walking down this, this place, like there's a railing here, and then there's water on the other side, and then on the other side of that, there's all these condominiums. Um, like, you know, townhomes and things that are built on the water with boats kind of in the slips and that kind of thing. And we have a moment where we just stop, and I'm kind of looking at it, and there's nothing in me that wants it. There's nothing in me that desires it. There's nothing in me, honestly, that was impressed by it. I've seen poverty on, on levels at which it would blow your mind. I have been to Syrian refugee camps, the slums in India, and the slums in Kenya. I've been all over the world. And I've also seen riches on a scale that would blow your mind. I've been to Dubai, and I've been to places that, like, just astound you with wealth of like the most expensive cars you could ever imagine. Two million dollar cars driving by you and all those things. I'm not impressed by it. I don't care. There's nothing about it, you know, that impresses me or desires it. And I'm not saying that to brag because once again, I'm about to take this someplace. But anyway, I'm looking at this. There's no part of me that's desiring it, but it is pretty. It's a beautiful day and there's palm trees. And I'm like, Father, you're so amazing. Like I just delight in you. Like this is a beautiful place. 
And I'm, I'm looking at these houses, and the, I kid you not, on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Now, sometimes there's not just the inward witness, there's the inward voice. There's not just a knowing or rubbing or peace or lack of peace. There is a voice. Let me, where you can see what I'm talking about, let's go look at it real quick. Uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 25, and we'll go to Acts chapter 10 as well. Acts 8. 25. While I'm telling you the story, I might as well teach you as well. Acts, 25, Acts 8 and verse number 25. Uh, Philip is in Samaria. There's a, a revival. People are getting healed, blessed. It's awesome. And God tells them it's time to leave. And he tells them this in verse number 25. So when they had solemnly testified and had spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many of the villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Um, now, this is outside guidance. He sees an angel, which helps. You know, you see an angel. It's like, okay, this may be the Lord. Uh, so out of that, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now watch this in verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip. So now we're not talking about like the Holy Spirit witnesses to me. I go bound in spirit. This is entirely different. Do you notice here it's specific and it's a voice. The Holy Spirit said to me, said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Chariot. And I love this in verse 30. He responds, which is that third R word. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. Look how beautiful this is. Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Watch the passage he's reading. Now, the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. And humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate from his generation? For his life has been removed from the earth. Then the eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me, of whom does the prophet say of this himself? or someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and began from Scripture. He preached Jesus unto him. Like you can't have a greater entry point to teach Jesus other than somebody reading that in Isaiah and being like, who's he talking about? It's like, Jesus! It's like, this is perfect! And the Holy Spirit is setting this up. Why? The gospel is now about to literally go to Africa. It's about to literally go to Ethiopia. And like God has set this whole event up. But how did this happen? From the leading of the Spirit. This was not a witness. This was a voice. Uh, so notice it's not just here, but also in Acts chapter 10. And there's many other instances. These are just the ones closest together, which would, I figured save you time. Um, in Acts 10, Peter has a vision, and in the vision, God is showing him the gospel is not just for the Jews, the gospel is for the, the Gentiles, the gospel is for the rest of the world. And so he sees this vision, and after he sees the vision, he's like, I saw a vision. And he's thinking about the vision that he saw. And watch this in verse number 19. So while Peter was reflecting on the vision, notice, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Do you see specific guidance? So sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and, and this is not even outward. This is just inward. But it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and it's very specific. So I'm out here in, in Florida and, and, and looking at these places, just enjoying the day, enjoying the sunshine, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it wasn't like a witness, it was him speaking. And he said, I'm looking at these places, no part of me wants it or desires it. And he says, you know I could give that to you, right? And when he said right, it was very accusatory. It was like very strong in my heart, right? You know I could give that to you. And I said, Lord, with you all things are possible. You can do anything. I know you could give it to me. And I, I wanted to tell him, like in that moment, but I don't want it. And I think you know I don't want it. But before I could even say that, he spoke to me again, just in my spirit, but it was the Holy Spirit authoritatively. And he says, but do you know why I wouldn't want to? And I said, well, Lord, now that I don't know. 
Um, because I, I believe you're my father. I believe you want good things for me. And if I did desire it, I think you would want to. So I don't understand why you would not want to. And when I said that, he said, because it would keep you from running your race and finishing your course. And as soon as he said that, I had a vision. Everything disappeared from the outside. I wasn't looking at the wharf anymore. I wasn't looking at the palm trees and all those types of things. But I was seeing one of these condos and, and I was in it. And I was in it when I should have been here. And then it shifted. I was here, but I was thinking about being there. And the comfort that it would have provided and the life I could have been living and the things I could have been doing. And it would serve as a distraction for me. And immediately was ended. And the Lord said that to me. He said, it would be a distraction for you. I'm like, I see that. And literally, when I said I see that, I meant like, I literally saw that. Like, it would be a distraction for me. I I saw in there, too, a storm came through, like one of the storms. And I was here, and I was thinking about, I wonder if my condo's okay. (laughs) Like, all those things of where my mind was. Um, It would be a distraction for me. And I'm like, I said, I see that. And he said, ask me for things, though, that will help you run your race and finish your course. Ask me for things that will help you run your race and finish your course. Did you see what Paul said? He said, I've got a ministry I am going to fulfill. I've got a calling I am going to do. And there were things and people that Paul needed in his life to run his race and finish his course. And there are things for you too that you need in your life. To run your race and finish your course. There are certain things this ministry needs to run its race and finish its course. Certain people are instrumental. There's certain things that God links up in the earth that helps people run their race and finish their course. Sometimes it's five loaves and two fish. Other times it's a donkey the Lord has need of. Sometimes it's palm trees laid so that the road is clean. Sometimes it's somebody there to carry Jesus' cross. But there are people and there are things necessary in all of our lives that help us run our race and finish our course. What we were talking about today, how Mary anointed Jesus. It wasn't just her anointing anointing him with precious nard anointment. It was for his burial. There were things that helped him run his race and finish his course. He needed a tomb. Joseph of Arimathea had a tomb. There were things needed for him to run his race and finish his course. And so the Lord began to lead me in this of like, there are certain things, Joel, that I have placed in life for you to desire. And those things are not to be neglected. And those things are not to be looked after. And he began to show me throughout scripture how people's desire led them to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood desired healing. It led her to Jesus. Uh, We see all throughout scripture, Jairus desired healing for his daughter. It led him to Jesus. Peter desired a great catch of fish. It led him to Jesus. That desire is absolutely one of the key ways the Father shows his love for us. And then he began to show me in my own life. He's like, you literally right now, and right now even, today, as of today, if you go to my office on Lakeland Drive, you will see boxes in the corner. You know what they are? Christmas gifts. And somebody says, why Christmas gifts? Because I am very tight with money. And out of that, I budget literally everything. And so instead of buying Christmas at the end of the year, I take notes, literally on my phone of what everyone in my life says that they want. If, you, if I love you and I'm close to you, I know what you want. And so out of that, I keep it in my phone. I build lists. I wait for it to go on sale and I buy it all throughout the year. And out of that, the Lord said, like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? And I'm like, well, I love people. Like, and I want to show them that I listen to them, and I want to show them that I love them, and I want to show them that, you know, that I, I paid attention, and I, I noticed you would like this. And he's like, why would you want to do that for them? Because I want them to feel loved by me. And he's like, why won't you let me do that for you? And he said, and not just that, you're not letting your wife do that for you. She's asking you all the time what you want, and you're not telling her. I'm like, well, I don't want anything. He's like, there are things that will help you run your race and finish your course. And and out of those things, like, it's okay to have desire. 
it's okay to have that in you. And like he began to just show me all these things. And so out of that, the Lord began to deal with me so strong. And Hillary can probably remember this. Pastor Luke can probably remember this too. But y'all remember a season where I'm like, don't sing blank, blank, blank song. And they were all songs of like, you're all I want. You're all I need. And I'm like, it's a lie. It's not true. And I'm like, he's not all you. You don't want your mom to get healed. You don't want the orphan to have bread. You don't want a disaster not to hit the, the East Coast like with a hurricane. You don't want that. And like all those kinds of things. And I never preached it, but like I was like going after it with my staff. I'm like, God wants you to want stuff. He wants to show you. He loves you. It's okay if you want something. And really I was preaching to me and like those kinds of things because I so get the logic of those songs and I understand like where we're coming from when we sing them. But one of the chief ways God shows his love for you is desire. Um, My wife, one of the things she wanted this year uh, was tile for our outdoor patio and curtains. And so I went, you know, I pay attention uh, to what she said. I wrote it down in my journal, and I'm like, okay, God, let's do this. Let's go on this journey. We're going to make it happen, Captain. Uh, let's go out there and, and find it. And so I, I, I have a guy uh, who lays tile. I'm like, how much would it cost to tile this? And he sent me the figure, and I told my wife, I'm like, go to the store and pick out the tile. And I'm like, don't look at the prices, just pick out what you want. And so she goes and she sends it to me. And so I break it down. And this was something that like I told her, I'm like, I'm going to need time. And somebody says, well, why do you need time? You're saving? No, it's believing. And then I said, curtains. Okay. What kind of curtains do you want? And so she went, I'm like, don't look at the price tag. You just per- curtains. And so she, she showed me the curtains. I'm like, okay, great. Get a price for them. And so she got a price for her. I'm like, like she, when I saw it, I'm like, <laughs> curtains caught. Okay, okay, Lord, me and you, me and you. And so I began to believe her. I wrote it down in my journal every day. And I would look at it and say, Father, I know um, this is her desire. And my desire is to get her her desire. What do I want? If my wife has her desire, it helps me to run my race and finish my course. When my wife is at peace, it helps me run my race and finish my course. When my wife has joy, it helps me run my race and finish my course. What I want is to be able to do that for my wife. And so I would talk to him every day. Father, you know what I want. And I'm coming to you with my want, and I'm coming to you with my desire. Uh, Because I know, Father, you desire for me to have what I need to run my race and finish my course. And so just looking to him, and on two different occasions already this year, someone came to to my wife and said, I think you've been believing for something for your house. And she said, "Uh, yes. And so she said, well, let me talk to my husband because, you know, pricing and all those things she wasn't exactly aware of. And so I said, yes. And they said, well, we don't want to know how much. We just want to cut you a check. And they cut us a check. It was the exact amount of money after the tithe for the tile. Then this past Sunday, um, I see um, um, a lady whose husband passed away. And anytime I see that, my heart goes out to them just naturally um, because not Sunday as in today, but last Sunday, because I I can remember where my mom was. And I, I can remember what she walked through in that season. And so I just feel compelled. I feel, and and this, you know, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. Other times it's just a heart of compassion, which is the Lord too. He is love. Um, And so out of that, I just feel compelled to go talk to her. I go talk to her, and I'm there, and I'm talking to this lady. And a gentleman walks up to me, hands me an envelope that just says Pastor Joel on it. And I open up the envelope later when I get home, and he wrote in there, I felt like you were believing God for something for your house is the exact amount of money for the curtains after the tithe. I kid you not. And we got the tile laid. I'm getting the curtains for my wife. And every time I go out to that tile, every morning I wake up early, I cry. Somebody said, is is it that pretty? No, I see the Lord. I'm serious. I see the Lord Jesus. I see his love for me.
And I just feel so strongly like the Lord wants to be your provider. And I know I'm talking about being led by the Spirit, and one of the ways the Lord leads you is with desire. Like just certain desires come up in your heart to do things. Just certain things your, your heart wants, and other things your heart don't, doesn't want. And, and you've got to learn, like, one of the, the ways the witness looks in your heart is desire. I want to do that for them. What is that? That's the witness. Uh, and then there's other things uh, that your, 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 your heart may want to do, but the, the witness doesn't correspond with that. And it's like, I don't know exactly why. Like, I feel like I should, but, like, the Spirit is restraining me. I don't desire to. I'm going in May to this thing for an elder minister. She's approaching the end of her life, and she sent me an email where she said, I would love to, like, lay hands and impart something unto you before basically I go. And I'm like, okay. And so I know her, but I don't really know know her. And so I, I, I'm going from now until May. I'm going to Lebanon, Indiana, Florida, Tulsa, Charlotte, and one other place to preach. Like, it's all work and ministry and genuinely feel called. But, like, out of this one trip, I'm like, hmm, like, I've got so much on my schedule, and I, I, I love my wife and kids. Like, they are my desire, naturally. And so out of that, I'm like, meh. And so I'm getting ready to respond no. But, like, every time I'm, like, getting ready to type in no, there's something desiring to be there. And it's not my flesh. And this is one of the chief ways you know it's the Lord. It's like, oh, you, you know, it's like your flesh is like, no. But on the inside, there's like something there that wants to. And I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to. It's a desire in the heart to be there. The Lord leads that way. And so if you sense that, it's a safe guide. Do all that's in your heart for the Lord is with you, David. Like, it's a safe guide. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's a twofold meaning. Let's go over there and look at that. I, I know, well, I'll close with this. I, I know you know this scripture, but have you, do you even know where it's located? Like, so I want these truths like embedded in your heart and not just like, well, so-and-so quotes it. Uh, Psalms 37 and verse 4. Watch the wonder of our king. Psalms 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you. You know I can give it to you, right? He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will do it. And so the Lord, when you're delighting in him, and when you're walking with the Lord Jesus, your heart is a safe guide. And out of that, if a desire comes up, you're delighting in the Lord, and desire comes up to do something, do it. It's a, it's a witness. It's a, a leading. It's a, a guide. But then the other side of this meaning is like when you're delighting in the Lord, the Lord will literally give you the desires. You know I can give that to you, Right? And out of that, when you begin to see the Lord do these things, it's, it's not has anything to do with curtains and tile. It, it doesn't have anything to do with like a chair or a raise or a bonus or any of those types of things. It, it's, it, it doesn't have nothing to do with the, the five loaves and two fish turning into 5,000 or the nets breaking because the fish are so many. It, it, it's not about that. What's it about? It's about you seeing Jesus. It's not just about even the healing of your daughter, J. Iris. It's, it's a moment where you're in awe of him. That's something in your life when you look at it, every time you see her, every time you see your daughter alive, every time you see her, you don't just see her, you see Jesus. You see his majesty, you see his glory, you see his favor, you see his provision, you see his love. 
And this is the power of these things. And you don't want to be consumed with it. Like It's not like you're with these desires, you're delighting in the desires. You're delighting in the Lord. But out of that, him giving your desires, it, when it's done this way, it fuels your love for him. And it makes you want to delight even all the more. And so pay attention to desires. And for some of you, you need to get some. Even if your desire is like a desire for someone else. Um, and, and that's what would help you more than anything. Run your race and finish your course. But find those things. Mind your heart. I was reading after this, this nun in the 1600s. I like reading the old saints. And, and out of this, she was persecuted and put in prison because she was a female uh, who was trying to teach the word. And so in prison, she would write letters to people who were looking for advice from her because of what she had. People saw the, the anointing, and it, it helped them, and it blessed them. So she would pen these letters, and they took these letters, and they turned them into a book. And so she said, what I do is I, I sit with my heart. And she said, I close my eyes, and I picture my heart in the hands of the king. And I just say, Father, whatever you want to take out of it, take out of it. And whatever you want to put in it, put in it. And she said, desires float away like a butterfly of things that no longer needed to be there. But she said, sometimes desire comes like a fresh morning rain. And it just fills my heart of what the Lord longs to do. And I would just say, like, do you see the intimacy of that? Of, like, the intimacy with the king that comes with something like that? Of, like, a child basking in the love of a father? And just saying, whatever you want to take out, take out. But whatever you want to put in, put in. And living so open with that. And so tonight, let's just do that to close service. Let's just have a moment where we just pay attention to our hearts and just say, Father, King, Master, whatever you want to put in, put in. And whatever you want to take out, take out. I'm yours to command. I'm yours to lead. I'm yours to guide. And let's just give him that part of ourselves. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight. And I thank you for the sweetness of your spirit and for the greatness of your love. And Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that your spirit would meet with us and meet with our hearts. And Father, anything we need to see by your Spirit, show it to us. Anything we need to do for someone else, show it to us. Anything we need to separate from, show it to us. We delight in you. And we thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name.